Well, even though this is a podcast and it's usually digested in audio format, off the top of this episode, it's getting all show and tell up in here because I think Ryan and I both have some things to show and tell about. <laughs> oh, this is so exciting. Oh. Welcome to Affinity oh. Rewatch. I'm Andrew Fantasia. I'm Ryan J. Whitehead. Yeah. Oh, and this is going to be fun. We're talking about the Falcon the Winter Soldier episode two, but we're also talking about something, some other things uh, off the top. And if you're one of the people who watches uh, this, uh, when we put the video up on YouTube, you'll be able to do Yeah, I'm so excited. I can't speak. You'll be able, you'll, you'll be able, that's all folks. You'll be able to uh, see what we're showing and telling. Uh, but uh, we're going to describe it really vividly. So if you just listen to us with your sexy ears, we've got you covered too. Ryan, I saw a beautiful book in your hand a second before we we started turning the microphone on. What have you got today? What did you bring? Yeah. Well, today for show and tell, I brought this this book I got. <laughs> so for today's show and tell, I brought the uh, the Captain America: The Ultimate Guide to the First Avengers book. Uh, this is this is one of my faves. Up oh, there we go. This is one of my faves. Uh, DK did it, I think it's DK? Yeah, DK did a series of these. Um, there's one for Spider-Man. There's a great one for Doctor Strange, which I should have used uh, during our Doctor Strange ones. But I actually did get a chance to read some of the pages from this bad boy, which comes in handy, especially because uh, this is how I learned about certain things that have, that I would say I'm almost predicting in the uh, the way this series is going. So uh, we're going to talk about that, though. But this this book is filled with great... Uh, and also, I will say, well, while we look oh. at it here, it's got great visuals. It's very well laid out. That is beautiful. Um, That's so colorful. And like DK makes the best reference books, period. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's funny, too, you say that because Kevin Feige, um, you know, as, as he was growing up, he was saying that he loved collecting like Star Wars toys and stuff. Because on the back, they would always have like little nuggets about each character. And it was amazing to see how each character has a story. I think you were telling me that. Um, and so, yes. And in this book, uh, we'll get to it. But there is a reference to, uh, to a character that we'll talk about. So I'm going to leave it at that, though. So that's what I brought for Show & Tell today. What did you bring for Show & Tell today? This is... I've, I don't think I've been happier in months. <laughs> this is great. Uh, I wanted to share something really cool here. So one of my favorite authors is a guy by the name of Ian Desher. And Ian Desher uh, studied uh, Shakespeare. He's a big Shakespeare guy. So what Ian Desher oh. does, he's uh, become famous for this over the last few years, is he wrote this. This is William Shakespeare's what? Star Wars. It's the entire movie oh a, a new God. hope written as a shakespeare play with like some clever little you know things thrown in there to make it, it, it like there's in jokes there, there's things like it's so well done and he's done it for every star wars movie i have all of them except rise of skywalker because I, I think that one just came out a little bit recently but it, they're so funny like in the in the uh the phantom menace one for example when the door opens and Darth Maul shows up, Qui-Gon says a monologue to him, like basically like, I'm going to, I'm going to get you. Like if we're going to fight and I'm going to get you. And he takes Liam Neeson's monologue from Taken, makes it Shakespearean and puts it in Qui-Gon's mouth as he's talking to Darth Maul. It's just, it's that level. <laughs> and every book has like layers of just cool stuff like that. He also did uh, get the back to the future 
and Much Ado About Mean Girls, and they're all hilarious. <laughs> they're so That's well amazing. done. I read this morning, Ryan, that in September, Ian Desher is releasing a book like this of all four Avengers films done in Shakespearean. I peed everywhere. <laughs> in excitement i i would i i'm doing the same right now <laughs> unfortunately we're recording this so it's, it's no, I, I have to actually do it no just kidding um no but that that is legit exciting i love when people do that when they do interpretations because again shakespeare man like you gotta love you gotta love shakespeare mm-hmm. and, he and makes now it's it... holding this wonderful nerd culture it's fantastic oh he makes it sound so good yeah i i can't wait for that so everybody look out for that if you're um, you're clearly a marvel fan because you're here but if you're a, a shakespeare fan too uh or you just like mm-hmm. to laugh uh keep your eyes open in september for mm-hmm. ian desher's avengers by william shakespeare oh boy wow and that's just show and tell but uh now the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, they have something to show and to tell, and that would be their relationship with each other because it needs work. It does. It does. I mean, maybe we should just do this whole episode as a staring contest. Maybe we should. Yeah, let's just get let's get, get closer. Get clo- that might have yeah. been my favorite line of the whole episode where they're like getting so close that their their knees are like touching, and then Falcon's just like, all right, we're locked in. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, there's actually a lot of good one-liners in this. And uh, I will say, as we're kicking it off, first of all, guys, again, welcome back to Infinity Rewatch. Don't forget, if you're new to the channel, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Smash it. Smash that subscribe button. And don't forget to like the content. Show the support. We would appreciate that here on the Rebel Scum Podcast Network as you are living in the wonderful world of MCU along with us here. And, yeah, big drop. Big Freaking drop today. And I will say this is by far my favorite. Uh, like, take take WandaVision and take this show. This is my favorite episode yet. It is so good. And I will also lean in and say, I think at this point, there's probably two or three shots left that we've seen from the trailers. And then we're in completely unknown territory. I think so. Because the only shot... Literally the only shot from the trailer that stuck in my head was when they go to, I can't remember what city it is, but it looks all beautiful and colorful. Uh, Mandapore. Mandapore, thank you. Yeah, when they go there and it's like, wow, all these colors. Uh, And then when we saw the staring contest today, I was like, yeah, that's right. That was in like that old trailer too. But Mm -hmm. you're right. We're heading into uncharted waters and those waters are patrolled by a very hungry shark named Helmut Zemo. Helmut Zemo. I am Zemo. I am Zemo. Uh, the the opening, the opening Marvel logo. I love when they play with this and and the music because we got that that drum line playing the Star Spangled Man with the plan. Oh, that was so good. <laughs> oh man, that was so cool. I I did also love the drum roll, the little the, the marching drums. Um, I I love where they're going with this because. One of the, this, now I will get to the, the big overarching of where we'll get to the theory chasing in a minute, which is going to like, which will happen and it will be really good. I had a great discussion today on my Twitch channel where we talked about it and we talked about the show and everything, because as I mentioned before, there's a, there's a viewer who, who are now Twitter friends. So now our friendship is secured one more layer higher. It's real um, now, but it's real. Yeah. They're, uh, 
their dad's friend is the director. I finally got the relationship down to the letter here. Their dad's friend is the director of Falcon and Winter Soldier, which is wow. Carrie something or other. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, so we were talking about it today, and it was epic. But um, I have an idea where the show's going, and we were we were chasing theories for I'd say a good thirty minutes of the stream. Like it was pure theory monologuing. It was good. So I love this because what I love about this is, first of all, we're getting a better look at John Walker. So we're getting a lot of information already. Again, they're not even spelling it out for you. They're, they're, they're showing you as opposed to just explaining it. And, mm -hmm. and you can clearly see he's striving to be better. He wants to be the best. We did talk about this in the last episode, um, but he wants to be the best. Um, and he's really, you know, um, he's really, uh, trying to embody what he thinks Captain America is. And what I love is the the parallel of that, like he wants to get into the action, but you know, part of Captain America was being the 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 mascot, you know, who's strong and brave here to fight the American way. But like it was beautiful. It was beautifully done. And so in my wonderful textbook of Captain America knowledge here, um, so it even says here, after receiving superhuman abilities from Power Broker, mm -hmm. uh, John Walker debuted as the Super Patriot, announcing his intention to replace the, quote, old-fashioned Captain America as a modern American symbol. Mm. Mm -hmm. And uh, when Steve Rogers later resigned his cap, the U.S. government officially named Walker as his replacement. Though he did not last long in the role, Walker learned from Steve Rogers' example and stepped aside when Rogers chose to become Captain America once again. We're not going to get that. I don't think we're going to get that part of the story. I mm -hmm. think that they literally took the, the best part of the story, which was Cap is now retired slash gone, and, uh, and John Walker's now been named. And I love it. I love the tone they set. And then it kicks us off into Falcon and Winter Soldier watching this and and Falcon or sorry Winter Soldier Bucky man he's not having it he is not having this one bit. No, that's his best friend being replaced. You, that's mm -hmm. I I don't blame him. You, you know Walker could be the nicest guy in the world, but I I don't blame Bucky for feeling off put because that is you know his best friend who just gave up his life and gave up his title. Uh, the one thing that I think is interesting, you mentioned uh, like a, a speculative theory you had from from the book and everything. And I noticed something today that I didn't even think of last week, but something I'm loving about this show. And again, I love WandaVision a bunch. But what I love that's different about this is I love how, you know, I'm two weeks into it and I haven't like racked my brain thinking of a single theory or speculation. I'm just going along for the ride. Like, you're, just I'm not, enjoy, you're just absorbing it. Man. Yeah, exactly. I'm just sponging it all up. I'm not just like, okay, who's this guy? Um, what does that symbol mean? You know, I'm just, I'm just there. I'm just living it. And it feels more like a movie that way too. Uh, I, I love the differentiation between what this made me, what this makes me feel and what WandaVision made me feel. They're very, very unique shows. And now it makes me wonder is Loki going to feel like a third thing or is that going to feel more like WandaVision where it's like, Ooh, mystery. What's this? Like, I'm really curious what tone they're going for. Um, and I think, I don't know if I'm wrong here, but is this the first time Ryan in the MCU where we have two actors now who are related 
working in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Two actors who are related. Yeah. Who's related? Well, the gentleman who plays U.S. Agent, uh, he is the son of Ego. He is the son of uh, Kurt Russell. He's Kurt Russell's son? Yeah. No. He's Wyatt no, he's Russell. not. Yeah. No. What? Kurt and Goldie Hawn had not a know baby. Mm-hmm. What? No. What? <laughs> no. So basically, uh, Mephisto confirmed is what we're trying to tell you. It's all connected. <laughs> so, uh, man, by the way, guys, honestly, one day we will do a watching party with you all. And you should see the messages that go back and forth between us sometimes. <laughs> because the what made me laugh was when the woman comes in and he's like red jacket and he's like Mephisto confirmed. It's totally him. Fantasia made me laugh so hard. Oh, my God. Avengers was... 5 is going to be Mephisto and Christina Everhart working together to shoot down every fan theory that ever existed. Oh, God. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, absolutely hilarious. Um, so anyway, uh, but yes, it's true. I, I think the best part is, is we're not completely dissecting every single little nook and cranny. You're definitely just going along for the ride. And man, is it a fun ride. Like mm-hmm. it is a fun ride. I'm sure there are clues that are that are there. And there are some, there are some, but they're not as, they're, they're a bit more out in the open than WandaVision is. WandaVision, definitely they would plant a visual reference. Whereas this one, as opposed to it being an object, more often than not, it's an actual person that they interact with. And it kind of lays out the story a little bit. Uh, I, so first of all, um, I love the I love the skit about Gandalf, and it was like, a, what was it? Um, aliens, AI, and wizards. And um, and I, I love that he's like wizards. You mean like Gandalf? He's like, you know Gandalf? Yeah, I know Gandalf. <laughs> back in you know like that he read it back in the back in the World War Two. Um, so I thought that was hilarious. Forget um, we alien also... versus predator. I want to see aliens versus androids versus wizards. Now that's the movie. That, right. Ah. That's, that's a movie. That's a movie right there. But again, I do love that. They're, I do love that they're kind of dropping the, the verbal references a little bit more like mm-hmm. agents of shield. They would tease a verbal reference. They'll be like, Oh yeah. Subject four, seven, two. Yeah. The last one was a hammer. Like they'll, they'll be really obscure. But this time around, they're like, oh, yeah, we're talking about wizards. Yeah, you mean Doctor Strange? Boom. Like, yeah. give us that. Because the more they give us that, the more it makes us just, like, think of the world as a whole, right? Which is really cool. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. will be obscure to the point where it's like, you can tell there's something legal going on and it sounds hilarious. It would be like, wow, this is just like that other guy in Gotham City. You know, the one who dresses up in black? Yeah, him. I heard he's pretty batty sometimes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I also, I also love they do. Sometimes they do the gesture with the pointy ears. Like, <laughs> you mean this guy? Like, we all know. We all know who it is. Like, you might as well just go out and say it. If Agents of Shield was still on TV, there'd probably be some kind of reference where, like, Coulson or whatever mm-hmm. is like, "Wow, this is the strangest thing that's happened since that unidentified purple man did something with his fingers and caused an event." <laughs> to transpire that was catastrophic isn't that right cast yes it is yes <laughs> you remember he did this <laughs> like, oh. 
<laughs> oh my god yeah it's it, it's so funny but um what's cool about what's but again talking about references what's cool about it is is that john walker captain america does have a bucky and his buddy that he rolls with is his bucky that's that's actually it from a comic and that was a question i had for you because we met this guy now Battlestar, and i'm like mm. okay Battlestar. that that made me laugh um so he's real kind of I'm assuming he's, he's a, a real, real character. character. Wow. Okay. Cool. Battlestar. I like this. I like this dynamic and just that that shot of the four of them sitting in the in the back of that jeep. I was like, this is cool, man. They're setting up some really great. Like it's like it reminds me of that shot in Civil War where they're all, like the two teams are running together, but it's just it's mm. so much more personal and it's just these two people forced across from these other two people in the back of this vehicle, and it's like the tension that you could cut with a knife. And, oh, it's so good. Oh, Talk about good chemistry too, right? Like the actors have really good, authentic chemistry. Like they, you're right. Like you could actually feel the tension from these characters. Yeah. And even, like Falcon and, and Winter there, like uh, obviously we've known for years that they are great together. Like put those two in any scene and they're going to, sparks will fly. But I think even we got, as silly as it sounds, I, I really like what we got with Battlestar and U.S. Agent. Like, I felt the history they had in just the little bits and pieces we got of them talking together. And I love how, as the audience, we're supposed to automatically hate them and be on the side of Falcon and Winter Soldier. But I love that the story, rightfully so, makes Falcon and Winter Soldier kind of like th they're babies about it and they're like grumpy pants. And uh, meanwhile, Battlestar and U.S. Agent are just trying to be friendly and you know, Winter's like, oh, screw you, man. I don't want to play with you. And it should be that way because it, it sh we should see some kind of turn down the road, maybe. I don't know. But you know what I mean? It's like they need, if they were just jerks, if U.S. Agent and Battlestar were just jerks, it'd be like, well, yeah, we, we all feel that way. So I like yeah. that they're making it hard to dislike them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, they're doing... They're doing a really good job trying to not make you basically accuse that or try to make you suggest that you're like that, like, you know where this is going. Exactly. Like, they're this is just like the Mysterio play. They're really going to make you second guess it until like the second last second when you think you got it and then they'll drop it like they'll just drop it on you. Um, so, yeah. So this one sets a really good tone. And we get to see an incredible fight scene with the Flag Smashers. Um, and we do get, uh, I do, again, we've seen the scene in the trailer where, where Bucky falls off the truck. I, I love that. I love that fight sequence. It's a lot of fun. And I, the, in terms of like escalating the, the, the hero battles, you think at some point you get tired of them. You're like, okay, yeah, this is going to be a fight scene. It's kind of fun. Like it's fun, but you know, okay, let's, let's keep the pace going here. Um, but man, it just feels good. Like I was, I was watching Bucky and uh, Falcon fight there. And then what's amazing is, is I love how it escalates. And then we see, you know, uh, the new Captain America, or, or we know as U.S. agent, come in on the, the helicopter cable and drop in. I thought that was great. Like, it was, what a great way to introduce the characters. So that this was really fight, fun to see. Oh, it was fire. This fight was pure fire. And you're right. It could we could fall into that trap where it's like, Oh, it's too much. Like, but it looks like, and this is just pure guessing on my part, but it looks like, you know, we got six episodes. I feel like every episode is going to have one big action set piece. Like we had Batrock and now we have this. And 
I think that that's totally fine. Maybe it's like maybe they might throw in other ones. I don't know to surprise us, but I like the pacing of how everything has been so far. And I found myself again thinking while I was watching this, and I brought this up before, I think even during WandaVision, where I'm like, God, I really hope Disney Plus just adds a feature when everything's said and done where you can watch it all as just one long movie. And Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm still riding just the, the tidal wave that is Zack Snyder's Justice League uh, because, boy, is that ever a delicious tidal wave to ride. But the, the idea of this as a six-hour movie sounds enjoyable even if there are six big giant fight sequences like this, because I know, or at least I know these two will be broken up by the right amount of balance. Uh, it wasn't all action all the time. And it were like, I, I kind of laughed when, when winter soldier runs up to the truck and he, he like pulls it open. Cause there's the two trucks going in the convoy and he runs up to the, the, the first one so the guy in the cab behind can clearly see, like, oh, Winter Soldiers. <laughs> like, I was like, what's he doing? He's not even trying to be stealthy. Uh, and then he finds yeah. Enfys Nest in the back of the truck. And she's all like, hey, what's up? I'm a hostage. Psych! Uh, Mephisto! And uh, she pulled off the mask and she was actually Mephisto. Um, but she is, um, they said her name, Carly. Uh, and I don't remember her last name. But you told me over the phone that she is, uh, basically, they just took the flag smasher's real name carl something and gender swapped it uh so is that what you think is is going down here you think she's she is the flag smasher and now everything is kind of going around okay cool yep that's that's exactly it my friend so this was the big spoiler from the last episode that i discovered so when Mm -hmm. i looked up flag smasher the like third sentence in the top of the page was like oh you will now see flag smasher as carly morgenthal uh in in falcon and the winter soldier third line in like wow. come on come on wikipedia get it together uh but yeah that so actress th- who wrote that wikipedia article she's like yeah <laughs> everybody's gonna know who i'm playing that <laughs> Woo! Uh, exactly <laughs> um but yes so in the comics the flag smasher's name was carl morgenthal in this one it's carly um mm. but again I, I do like when they do that it kind of freshens gives it a fresher approach um so I, I, I agree with it. I like what they did. She's, she's a powerhouse, man. Uh, some of those punches and kicks she throws, just pretty amazing to watch. Um, but I was excited by that. And it's kind of cool. They're kind of this underground rogue group, and they're, they're kind of a rebel force. Like, it, it's really neat. Um, and so as we go throughout the show, what was interesting was um, they're on the run. They're, they're on the run from a problem that we called out in the first episode as well. So you guys got to maybe make sure you tune in get all your marvel knowledge from here because we found out later on that we got the drop of the power brokers so the power brokers are real power brokers confirmed people the last time we saw them was in jessica jones um but this time they've been officially confirmed into the mcu uh but all we know is that they're kind of these shadowy figures that wear suits at this point and when they showed up at the end they rolled up in those cars i was i don't know about you but I- I like I almost texted you to say this, but I didn't want to take my eyes off the screen and miss it. But I was fully expecting handsome white beard dude from the museum to step out of one of those cars. Uh, the one who's like the one who told Falcon, like, thanks for donating that shield after I pressured you to do so. Now oh, you're yeah. Captain America. Like I'm I'm just waiting for that guy to be mm-hmm. like, ha, I'm a power broker. 
it's so it's interesting because what this demonstrates with the power brokers is is that and and this is where i was i was talking to um my fiance's friend anna who's who's really good in this comic book stuff she's really good oh yeah we had a um, nice colorful chat <laughs> all of us <laughs> last week yeah, yeah we did we had a very colorful chat and it was really fun and entertaining we'll definitely have to have her on here at some point um and so i she when the trailer came out for falcon winter soldier a lot of people kind of looked at it and said oh it's, it, it, it kind of looks like what i've seen before right and I, I was like, no, 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 you got to understand, like, you don't know where they could go with this. And this is, this is something where I think, I don't, I don't know if this is intentional, but these trailers give you nothing because they don't want to spoil anything for you, right? But at the same time, it's amazing how much comic book fans could pick up or how, how comic book fans could dissect where the story could go. And this is one of those examples. So I was explaining that like, oh, you like you have to understand, like in the comic books, after Captain America, everyone wanted Captain America. Like everyone wanted another Captain America. Mm -hmm. So they tried various things. So the government tried different things, you know, uh, obviously through in, in the Ultimate series, they did it through S.H.I.E.L.D. And but like, yeah, the government employed their own things. But not only did the government and like countries try to do it, but corporations tried to create Captain America. And that's where the power brokers come into play. The corporations power brokers... are always bad kids. Always. <laughs> Just watch any of the aliens movies. Always yeah. bad. There you go. So, so in this case, the power brokers, um, they're the corporate side. So clearly they can kind of cut certain corners that the government can't and they can fund it better. Uh, so, so the power brokers are kind of like the corporate guys who are trying to find their own way to Captain America and they end up, they end up creating the super soul, a version of the super soldier serum. Uh, it's what's, how did, uh, how did the genie say it often replicated, but never duplicated. Ooh. So that's, that's what it kind of is. And what's interesting about the power brokers is they'll do kind of like these superhero wrestling underground wrestling and and uh these super watch these superpower guys like like throw each other around but um john walker is a subject of that so we talked about that in the first episode but i did want to bring that full circle and around but it was really cool to see that the power brokers are involved in this story it, yeah i'm you know i didn't know about them about their existence till you told me about it last week uh, it's been many a moon since I watched Jessica Jones, and I don't even remember if the people who gave Nuke those pills were referred to as power brokers or not. Um, Same. So, yeah, it, it's uh, it's been a while, but I'm glad that that's coming into play because it feels like they've got a lot of tentacles in Marvel, these mm -hmm. guys, so it yes. could, they could really go all over the place. I want to give a, a, a shout out, like just some credit to whoever the stunt coordinator of this episode was who knows maybe one of your live streamers is related to them because sounds like that's a pattern <laughs> but uh the just it's very hard at least for me but what the hell do i know but the thought of you know if somebody said to me you have one two three four five maybe six characters with like more than normal fighting skills and they're all fighting atop one transport trailer yeah. uh, i wouldn't know where to start uh and that's not a lot of room to work with 
but we get some really great, just like, you know, I'm, it calls back to me to the, the final battle in civil war of just like cap and Bucky, like exchanging the shield and throwing it and hitting iron man. Like there's so much of that, like, like swing a punch and then duck and throw something and then catch that and hit somebody else. Um, and for me, the highlight was, um, a Battlestar getting thrown off the truck and then us agent, uses his shield like a toboggan to catch him and i was like this is so cool i don't know where they're gonna go from here but if the fights are done moving forward by the same person whoever orchestrated this fight we're in good hands we're in for a ride like a ride um actually yeah in the trailer there's still one other scene i want to see uh with agent 13 where she throws the 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 baton i guess or like i guess it's an extender extender throws the extender into one guy and he just like falls over and she turns and just knees another dude in the face i don't know what the context of that fight is but i can't wait to see more of that fight because it looks gritty and it looks super painful um but yeah i i agree with you the fight scene was super clever um but again i loved how it it had escalations like it kept it kept building up and doing Mm -hmm. all sorts of cool things um and it's cool to see that the environment plays a role because the the fun thing is, is we see, you know, first of all, they have to fight the wind because they're on these trucks, but also the other small thing that I really appreciated was um, Bucky falls, grabs the truck to get a grip on it, but because it's metal, he ripped it like his arms metal too. So he rips the side of the truck and almost falls right to the bottom. Um, And I love that, you know, you think that this guy is like stepping on his arm, like that doesn't really do anything, but he's trying to break the railing that that Bucky's holding on to. So it's like there's so much pressure, but I love how the environment was also a character in that fight because it, it also created a little bit more um, suspense and it also created more uh, like higher stakes because it really felt that like like obviously it's one of those things like in fight scenes and movies and stuff, you know, like the good guys are going to at least come out on top because the story's got to continue. But I liked how they really like put pressure on how safe these characters could be, or how how much how unsafe these characters are going to get like get into these situations. So it's pretty epic. Those are my favorite kind of fight scenes where you have a layers, different people, and different things going on, and b like the environment is being used as much as possible. So it yeah. was aces. Do people still say aces? I'm old. I don't know, but I give it aces. I have a question for you. This is kind of a heavy moral question and it might oh, make God. you a little bit sad. Oh geez. Yeah. So on the show, we, we have our, um, our cemetery where when characters die, we put them in the cemetery and we, when we watched Avengers age of Ultron, right. Ultron died at the end. We put Ultron in the cemetery. Do we put red wing in the cemetery today, Ryan? <laughs> Cause he's dead. Flag Smasher ripped him in half with her her magic hands of power. You know what? I think actually, sadly enough, you do kind of have to count Red Wing as a as a character because they established that Red Wing was a character. Um, and you got to give you got to give Falcon points, man, because like uh, Sam Sam really gives him personality. He said yeah. Red Wing found something. I need to follow through. Right. So. 
Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, uh, morally speaking, yes, you would have to put Red Wing into the into the morgue. Oh boy, I loved how Winter Soldier like swats at it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he like comes close to him. He's just like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love how he's lying flat on the ground. It's funny you bring that up too, because we kind of get to see Bucky try to be Cap as well. Like you know what I mean? Like in the plane in Winter Soldier in the movie Winter Soldier. Yeah. He actually jumps out of the plane with no chute. And then Bucky does the same thing, but he just lacks complete grace in doing it. And just like, he just ends up on the ground. just like, uh. oh, oh, man. Poor Red so Wing. Good. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Poor Red Wing. Um, but, okay. Another interesting nod here. Mm-hmm. So we also get, uh, we also get the, the reference of the White Wolf. That's right. That was huge. That was huge. So in the comics, the White Wolf was just another character um, that was adopted by the Black Panther family. It was kind of like the same story of Iron Fist where um, this kid's family gets, you know, something bad happens to them and the kid's abandoned in Wakanda. Somehow gets abandoned in Wakanda. They adopt him in and then he becomes the White Wolf. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but what I love about this was when we saw Bucky in, um, when we saw Bucky in uh, Avengers: Infinity War, uh, and also with the the end credit sequences, everyone's like, "Oh, he's the White Wolf!" And I love how Marvel just likes clearly they didn't need to put that reference in there, but they just literally said, "Yes, he's the White Wolf," and just like let it let it play out. Yeah, it, it was a nice little callback because yeah, you're right. They they called him that in Wakanda, but. It never really amounted anything, you know. It's not like he got a costume now to go with it, but it's it's nice. It ties it all together. Mm-hmm. I actually, do you remember? You know how I told you I got that the trading card app, uh, the, yeah. the Marvel app. I got a card of a character I never heard of before, and she's this lady named White Tiger. And I was curious: is she uh, like a Black Panther ally? Yeah, she's she, uh, like in the Black Panther comics. There's there's all sorts of different iterations of the black panther so mm-hmm. there there is like the tiger one um in the uh in the cartoon ultimate spider-man you actually get to see that character Ooh. come to life a little bit more so yeah and i will also say in avengers infinity or sorry at the end of black panther and the end credit scene the kids refer to him as the white wolf as well so it's but it's nice to see that that lore really kind of cementing itself that even Bucky says it kind of cemented in there. Um but yes, yeah, so yes, there is a there's a white tiger, there's a white wolf, there's all sorts of stuff. Is there a purple octopus? That's who I'm putting my money on. No, but there's a doctor octopus. Oh, okay. I guess he counts. <laughs> he should he'll just throw on something purple. He'll have a nice purple <laughs> leisure suit. Yeah. He'll have, a, he'll have a great day. Don't green and yellow make purple? No. i think they're the two colors that don't make purple you're thinking of blue and red i think they make brown (laughs) but um, but no they make blue no i'm wrong they don't make blue wow we need to brush up on our colors we're both Uh, i will i will say for the record i i took a course in university called understanding color i failed it so (laughs) i'm not the i'm not a good person to talk to about colors that's right you took those kinesiology courses and that was one of them right yeah Mm. yeah Doctor, you had to take a general. You had to take a general education, and I. Someone told me that the understanding color course would be easy. It wasn't. Somebody lied. I would have thought it would be easy. I'm like colors. 
I learned that in kindergarten, man. I was, I'm in college now. I'm going to, I'm going to ace this. And then I like, I would like flirt with the girls in the class and be like, Hey, I got this man. It's colors. And then the professor would hand out the paper and I'd be like, Oh shit. I don't know any of this stuff. <laughs> wow. For the, for the record, I will say for the record, I will say, uh, the, the best course I ever took in university, that was a general ed course. It was nine credits, nine credits, which is a hefty amount. Mm-hmm. It was nine credits and it was called, um, oh my God, what was it called? Oh my God. Oh, uh, it was like, it was, it was, it was a dance course. It was a dance course. It was like understanding dance or something like that. No, now I'm thinking understanding. Anyways, it was a dance course, but what it was, was your lectures were about the history of dance uh-huh. and they talked about, they had spent a whole day talking about Fred Astaire and Michael Jackson and, Whoa. and then your your uh your uh oh my god i'm totally forgetting all the words of university your your tutorial your tutorials were dance classes so you actually depending on the tutorial you scheduled which you didn't know they never told you what tutorial was what which tutorial you take is it is the dance class you learn so the dance style you learn. So for me, I picked this random time and day and I got to learn a uh, Indian style called Kathak. And it was like, um, my teacher would hate me for saying it, but it was like a Bollywood kind of style. It was awesome. Anyway, neither here nor there. Thought I'd throw that in there. It was a really fun fact. You got a credit for that. That's awesome. I got nine, nine credits. Nine credits, nine credits and bragging rights is what you got yep. out of that. Wow. I miss school. Uh, so... Speaking of white tigers and white wolves and stuff, we got a cute little reference to Black Falcon. Uh, Because uh, back in the day, they had an unfortunate habit in comic books of saying, oh, the character is African-American. Whatever his superhero name is, it'll just be Black Blank. Um, The Black Panther. The Black Panther. Uh, They did the same thing with uh, Black Goliath. And then eventually somebody wises up and they're like, dude, why don't we just call him Goliath, bro? And now we just <laughs> we just call him Goliath, bruh. So it mm-hmm. works. Uh, same thing here. Uh, I I distinctly remember some. I don't know what it was because I don't have any trading cards of him. But I remember something old of Marvel as a kid and looking at it and seeing him named as the Black Falcon. Um, so that's always kind of been in my head. Uh, but I've ever since we've met him in the MCU, I've just been like, yeah, he's Falcon. Cool. So I like that they they called, they had that little, that was a deep, deep cut shout out. I, <laughs> I, forgive me for this tangent, but you're going to appreciate this. So I think I've told you many times that the new DuckTales cartoon is amazing, right? I love it. Yeah. It's just fantastic. Um, I've, I watched another episode last night and there is a deep, deep, reference to die hard in this episode and i'm talking like you need to be a die hard fanatic to understand this reference so you know you know the famous line that john mcclane says to alan rickman in die hard right yeah. well i mean there's a there's a there's a few buddy you can't just there's general statement that the fam- you gotta give me the context of what what he what the what the context was for him saying said line the famous yippee ki line oh yeah right? yeah so in when when uh, you know in the 80s and 90s when Die Hard was syndicated for television and they would play it, they would obviously censor the hell out of it because TV executives are cowards. So they would censor it and they would they would you know dub him over with other things, and it became sort of a thing that 
that uh, it happened in a lot of movies. I don't know what they did for the rest of the movie, but I remember hearing, and like a lot of diehard fans have told me this, that when he gets to that line, the TV censors mm-hmm. made him say, yippee ki Mr. Falcon, because that's what it looked like his lips were saying. And it makes no yeah. sense. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous thing for the network to do. On DuckTales, there was a bad guy who, who was a Falcon and his last name was Falcon. And in this scene, Donald Duck jumps out of an air vent and tackles him and yells, yippee ki Mr. Falcon. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> oh, man, I, I need to watch that episode now. That's hilarious. Oh, and it ties in because it's a Falcon. Uh, it's, Although yeah. I will say, I will say, Marvel is is handling the social political climate so well. They're so crafty. Whoever wrote that scene was a genius. Like it was so good. What are you, black kid? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Well done. So yeah. that that Baltimore scene is fascinating because again, as a person who's not versed in the comics lore, I need to go to you, the Yoda of the comics lore here. Master, what's the deal with Isaiah? Who is this guy? Oh man, I can't. Okay, so so going back to my earlier conversation about uh, talking to uh, my friend uh, and my fiance's friend Anna, mm-hmm. um, we were talking. I was trying to sell her on the idea of like how to like why you should be excited about Falcon Winter Soldier, and that is the legacy about Captain America. Right? We talked about the legacy of Iron Man, and and like. This is this is like my legacy pitch of like what Marvel's doing and why I think it's brilliant. So with Iron Man, we talked about the legacy he's leaving behind for others, but we don't know a lot about Cap's legacy. And Cap has an interesting legacy because you have to understand everything that happens in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is about Captain America because everyone wants another Captain America. And brilliantly, the show does it now. The cool part is, is like in Winter Soldier, Cap talks about um, we did things in World War II that we weren't proud of. You know, some things that didn't make him sleep at night. So you also have to account for the time that Cap wasn't around when he got locked in ice and what they tried to do afterwards. And it's going to be sketchy. What the power brokers do, all that stuff, it's all really sketch. Now, there's one character uh, that comes out of this history. So every the government tries to recreate super soldier serum and they do all sorts of trials. There was a really good media representation of this in Spider-Man the animated series. So there are a ton of new Captain America-esque heroes that come out of this this new super soldier serum they try, but it's unstable. What happens is is the powers will come and go. So it sometimes they'll feel super strong and feel like Captain America, but then it'll just wear off. Um, I don't know if Isaiah Bradley is one. Isaiah Bradley, I think he was one of those people where the uh, they copied on it, and his he was the only process to kind of kind of get it right. But again, it's not exactly as strong as Captain America, but he's he's stronger than the average human, right? So Isaiah Bradley is the U.S. Army's super soldier program was intended to produce many perfect soldiers, not just Steve Rogers. But it ended after the death of Abraham Ustrein, right? So, uh, however, the government had secretly tried to copy the formula 
and tested on 300 African-American soldiers. Only Isaiah Bradley survived the process after escaping from German captivity following a failed mission. Bradley was imprisoned for stealing and wearing a Captain America uniform without permission. Ooh. And so, um, so basically, there's a period of time around, I want to say, Nam, around Nam time. And what happens is, is like we have all these Captain America wannabes dealing out superhero justice. So the government goes, okay, no, we've had all these kind of knockoff Captain Americas. What we need to do is just like essentially rebrand and replace Captain America. So then in comes Mr. John Walker, a.k.a. the U.S. agent. Cap leaves, U.S. agent comes in, and he starts taking out all these Cap wannabes because he's like, no, I'm the best one. And he starts dealing out, dealing everything out. So he starts off as, as a character called the Super Patriot, and then he goes in and takes out all these Captain Americas, including Isaiah Bradley, and, and says, like, no. Nah. No, I'm the Captain America. So the beautiful part is, is so now we're getting to see, we're actually getting to see how many different types of Captain America there are throughout the MCU history. And that's why Isaiah Bradley is such a key character. Now, Isaiah Bradley has a son. His son is the youngest, is a part of the Young Avengers, and he's known as the Patriot. And he... Uh, he is also like technically he leads the Young Avengers. Do you have a picture of the Patriot in that book? I believe I do. You must give me a moment. Patriot. Uh, da, 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 da. Yes. So his name is uh, Elijah Bradley. Seventy uh-huh. one. We gotta love that glossary index. Oh baby, DK books are just wow, it's just pure gold, eh? I want to see the Spider Man one now. Spider-Man one's really good. I don't have it though. I so I have I've yet to pick that up as, as part of my collection here. All right, here we go. Uh, okay, so there you go. It's a small corner here, so I'm gonna have to get right. nice and close. I'll describe it for all the people listening. There he is. All right, so he looks like he's got the the classic World War II shield, and he's he's kind of more formal. He's got like white pants and military boots, and mm. looks like no. No big mask. He's just a bald guy. He looks like he's got sunglasses on or goggles or something. He's got that kind of kind of classic superhero mask where it goes over your eyes. Ah, um, the domino mask. Okay. Yeah, the kind of like the yeah, I guess the domino mask. Uh, like for me, what comes to mind is like the Green Hornet, where it just kind of paints on, mm-hmm. um, or even like Green Arrow, the new Green Arrow. Yeah. Show where they kind of just yeah did that kind of cheesy thing. So Isaiah's son. Uh, Josiah becomes the hero Justice. His grandson Elijah, which we see in the show, becomes the hero Patriot. That's the guy um, who answered the door. That's the guy who answered the door. So oh, he is damn. the Patriot. So they're doing this kind of classic comic book storytelling where I think if they play this right, we're gonna see. I uh, we're gonna see uh, Elijah as a part of the Young Avengers, and he's a he's on a team. Get this with Kate Bishop. And stature, and stature's been cast in the third Ant Man, yeah. and Kate Bishop's been asked. So we're already seeing that. Um, it sounds like the roster to Young Avengers is like significantly larger than the roster of old Avengers. Like mm-hmm. 
There's a lot of them. There's a bunch of young Avengers. If they ever make that movie, that's going to be a packed movie. It's oh, going to yeah. be like 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 Civil War levels of packed. Like there's just a lot of people. Well, we also see we also see because there's the I think it's the oh no it's not the Hulkling. There's um Amadeus Cho. Is that that's the one. Thank yeah. you. Yes, Amadeus Cho. Um, Amadeus Cho's mom is in Age of Ultron. That's that doctor is is his mom. Oh, and he becomes the totally awesome Hulk. Because he I tries think we're to seeing separate. a Young Avengers. I think I you're think right, man. Young... I think you're right. And then they have to bring back the original cast and make a movie called Geriatric Avengers. And then <laughs> it's like they're, the the plot is just there's a kid on their lawn and they want to get him off. Mm-hmm. They're like, get off yeah. my lawn. <laughs> get a Gran Torino. Uh, but, uh, so, okay, so here's the interesting thing. So let's talk about theorizing for a minute here because this is what we need to land the plane on. So this is the big scene. Like, I honestly, the rest of the, the rest of the show is pretty good. Like, we get the the cons, the the council thing, or the therapy session thing, and then we also get them, you know, talking to uh, John Walker and you know trying to work together but not work together kind of thing. And I love how the Sokovia Accords is still really playing a strong role in limiting limiting the heroes. Which I again, I can't wait to see how this is going to expand. Um, and then we got the power brokers thing, and then they obviously talk about Zemo. So, uh, Zemo, we get the Zemo drop, which is pretty cool, but let me go into theorizing. Let's talk about where the story is going. So the Isaiah Bradley scene is the show stealing scene. This is in in the scene is not only wonderfully acted. It's like, I remember when the casting call was made for Isaiah Bradley, um, the, the actor they chose, he's amazing. Like what a tone setter. That guy uh, is actually like, in the the Arrowverse. Um, he's on Supergirl. He plays Martian Manhunter's father, and he's oops. crushing it on that show. Yeah, he. I think he just he just set such a scary tone, and it's it's so well done. Um, I, I want to find his name real quick. Uh, Where are you? Yeah, I'll find remember. it. I find it. I don't remember his name. I'll race you. We'll see who finds it first. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to get it wrong. It doesn't look like they posted it in. Uh... Oh, no, there he is. Carl Lumby. Ooh. All right. Oh, uh, Lumbly. Lumbly. Carl, Carl Lumbly. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So he, Carl Lumbly, did a great Isaiah Bradley. This is the critical scene, though, ladies and gentlemen. I'll tell you why. So talking about this whole MCU thing and talking about the whole super soldier serum, what it's showing us is that yes, in the MCU, just like what, and we've seen evidence of it before in incredible Hulk and so on um, is that they're trying to replicate captain America. They're trying to recreate the super soldier serum. Um, and what's beautiful is, is, is Falcon talks about, you know, aliens, uh, aliens, wizards and robots, which is interesting because again, with shield and with the with the marvel universe they end up trying different things well if we can't recreate the serum let's let's create a robot and let's you know let's do this let's do that um so there are different solutions right now what ends up happening with the super soldier serum is eventually the government goes okay well if we can't recreate the super soldier serum 
let's just try and just create whatever, right? Um, so they end up creating what they call the weapon program. Uh, so the weapon program is, um, how to describe this? So the weapons program purpose was, is the creation of super soldiers. Um, but, uh, it was under the pressure of this whole mutant war that was happening. So they tried different things. So project rebirth was the first one with captain America. The second one, um, the second time they tried it, uh, was, on animals uh and so they tried weird stuff uh but there is a product of weapon two in the marvel cinematic universe already do you do you know what that is of weapon two i there's actually two two characters who are well when you said animals my mind jumped to he's not in the mcu yet but saber tooth that's where my mind went Okay, um, you are way off. Um, I will. I will just help. I will help realign you here. Uh-huh. Weapon two is Rocket Raccoon. Ah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so uh, that's that's kind of them trying to experiment with fusing metal on bones, and that's mm-hmm. why Rocket's kind of like a cyborg. Uh, and then Weapon three. Um, Weapon three is kind of playing with the mutants genes, uh, which is uh, kind of similar to uh, kind of similar to the uh, God Deadpool movies, where they kind of just test to see if someone has a mutant gene, uh, and eventually they discover someone who has the ability to stretch their body, much like Reed Richards, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, weapons four is, uh, so, uh, Ooh, okay. This weapons four is pretty cool. So they try chemicals and chemicals ends up leading to man thing. Ooh, giant sized man thing. Mm-hmm. My favorite suggestive superhero comic title. Yeah. yeah, there you go. And so weapon five, um, Weapon five is kind of uh, uh, weapon five was the use of uh, aliens, uh, more identifiably known as symbiotes. No way, mm-hmm. humans were dipping mm-hmm. into symbiotes. Well, I did. I dipping into symbiotes. That's interesting because to me, in my brain, literally my whole life, I always thought the symbiote that Peter found was like the first contact those had had ever had with humans. And it was like this big deal that like Peter Parker found this thing that humans had never seen before. Wow. Mm -hmm. Symbiotes, man. I'm not done yet. I'm not done. Weapon six. We also have seen that's technically MCU, but not fully confirmed yet. Um, is, uh, was led by Dr. Noah Burstein, who was responsible for giving Luke Cage his powers. Mm -hmm. That was weapon six. Weapon seven um, was during the Nam times, uh, and that's when the Power Brokers tried their own shot at Super Soldiers, and they uh, so uh, basically they ba- they created Nuke and other characters that were very bad for the war kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Weapon eight was experimented on the 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 next iteration of Rebirth was experimented on criminals and psychopaths, try to get that to work. That obviously didn't. 
Weapon 9 uh, was technically uh, Deadpool, but because they were playing off of, uh, was supposed to be Deadpool, but because they were playing off of Psychopaths and Criminals, they ended up actually recruiting Typhoid Mary and giving her basically pyrokinetic ability. Uh, but the reason why I'm getting to this, and this is, I'm sorry it took us so long to get here, Weapon 10, better known as Weapon X. Uh, so basically my point is here is that because we're seeing them try to recreate it, this story could lead. And this is kind of the whole Mephisto thing. So we have to, <laughs> as fans, make sure we settle our expectations here because they could do Wolverine. They could do it. They could go that far. But I don't know because the theme of the show with, I, with the whole Isaiah Bradley story, I think that would really undermine it if they go with Wolverine, if they try to go the weapon, if they try to get to that, try to jump to that end point that quickly. Because Isaiah Bradley's Isaiah Bradley scene, that's like ground zero. Like this is this is reveals a whole darker side to Captain America. And if you just go, okay, yeah, oh, this is good. So you can clearly see they they try these things and it didn't work. And and then oh man, that means that they're gonna, you know, they're gonna try all sorts of different things, which leads to Weapon X. And it kind of feels like they're just rushing ahead. So if we do get a nod to Weapon X, it's gonna be like either they're going to start the like they're going to make mention of like oh yeah we got to get this canadian hunter and that's it like they're going to make the smallest nod i doubt they'll go big and be like oh yeah this guy's name is logan yeah i'm like personally i'm of the mind right now where i'm enjoying that we met this new character this new guy isaiah and i want to know <clears throat> about him and you know get to know him and find out what his place is in the mcu and i feel like Wolverine's the kind of guy where the second you introduce him, it just becomes about Wolverine. And like, exactly. even if, even if it's only like a, like a shot of him not saying anything, and he's just sitting in his weapon X chair with that thing on his head. That's all anybody's going to talk about. So mm. I, I hope they don't full on bring him in unless he's important to the story, which I don't think he would be. So I would rather just allude to him like maybe if somebody's got a chart with these Roman numerals on it and you can see that it's all going to point towards that X eventually. I don't know, but that's, that's where I would want yeah. to go. Yeah. Like I'm talking like, like Zemo's suit kind of thing in the first mm -hmm. Captain America, like literally it's a chart in the back. Like you won't see it or like, for example, what would be interesting if Falcon winter soldier somehow wind up talking to department H like, right. you know what I mean? Like something like that to identify that they're going that way, but I doubt we're going to actually get any sort of Wolverine appearance. But what's interesting is, is they're kind of getting to the story of how there are different ways that, that the, the MCU world is approaching the Super Soldier Serum. Department H is actually a great point, man, because who fits into this story really well is somebody like Colonel William Stryker. He would fit into exactly. the show like a glove. Uh, maybe he's one of the power brokers. I don't know. Feige switches things up, right? Just because he wasn't in the comics doesn't mean he won't be here. So that could very well mm -hmm. be the case too. So there's all kinds of stuff going on. Mephisto confirmed. You heard it here first. <laughs> there you go. But honestly, it's like you said, and I think this is a beautiful way to kind of bring it all back, is at this point, there's not much to nitpick in terms of like the Easter eggs. Mm -hmm. You're just there for the ride. And that's that's the beautiful part of the show right now. You're, you are there for the ride. 
And man, what a tone setter, the acting, the feel, it's all there. It's so much fun. Yeah, there's no, it's not playing the cryptic card where it's like, here's a red helicopter. What does this mean? Yeah. Just, we're just, we're just playing the game with them. And again, it sounds like I'm bashing WandaVision. I'm not. I've had so much fun on WandaVision. This is, this is a different, this is apples and oranges. We were watching Much Ado About Mean Girls. Now we're watching Get Thee Back to the Future. <laughs> That's it. It's just two great movies that are very different in tone. That's all. That's all there is to it. Mm -hmm. But uh, that. As they say, is that that was episode two of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, or as they refer to it in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the guy with the wings and the dude with the bionic arm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree with you. I like this episode a whole lot more than I liked episode one. And that's saying something because episode one was great. Uh, but this was special. And now I can't wait to have this little chat with Zemo. And you know he's evil because he's playing lacrimosa from mozart's requiem and only evil people play that that's absolutely man and uh honestly this and it goes back to what we talked about in previous episodes which is all the speculating just means that we're in it for the long haul we love it keep going let's see where this is going to take us we think it's going one way in the end i'm sure feige's got a huge surprise planned and if if it's anything like the whole agatha thing it doesn't even matter what it is. If it's anything like Agatha and like the whole Quicksilver thing, it's going to be big. It's going to be it's going to be internet shattering where this oh, could go. I'm excited. What if Agatha ends up being like the main villain of like this saga and they oh, get to play gosh. that card again? They get to play like that it was Agatha all along card a second time but in a bigger way. I feel like people would actually really dig that. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I don't know. But what I'm, but I still, what I'm saying is, is like these shows, if, if, if they do exactly what they did with Agatha in, in WandaVision and the whole Quicksilver thing, who knows what kind of bomb they're going to drop in this one. And I'm telling you guys, the way this story is going from what I'm theorizing, they're, they could, they could shatter the internet with what they're going to, what they're setting up. They could. I don't know if they will, because it's reaching. It's really reaching. But even if it's not that, and it's something close to it, game changer. It's it's going to shatter the internet. At least we only have to wait four weeks to see the end, as opposed to seven. You know, like we're we're in for a. Uh, it's still a juicy apple, but it it's going to take us less bites to get to the core. Uh, exactly. So. I'm loving it. I'm having a great time with this. I'm having a great time with you. I always do, my friend. Um, where always can the pleasure. people find you when you're not talking about Falcon and Winter Soldier? Well, if you make MCU movies or you know someone who does, you can find me over at twitch.tv forward slash Xbox Canada uh, because that's where all the conversations seem to happen. Uh, and also, you can find me on Twitter at Crusader Online. And what and about you, sir? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Andrew Fantasia, as well as on YouTube on my Andrew Fantasia channel. And uh, on Rebel Scum Podcast, you can find me there talking about Star Wars. I just dropped a, a special video for our Patreons about uh, a big theory I have about the Bendu from Rebels and how uh, I'm excited for that movie. If you're one of our Rebel Scum Patreons, check out that video because I'm kind of proud of this theory I dropped. Um, and then you can also find me online watching the new Suicide Squad trailer 
for the 10th time because that movie looks so much fun. King Shark, the Polka Dot Man, sign me up. Couldn't have said it better. Um, I saw I saw the trailer and it, wow, just wow. I'm so excited. Great we pacing. Live- what are, that's the trailers I live for. That kind of pacing in a trailer. Oh, yes, please. I uh, I've started compiling some of my my favorite trailers for our trailer special episode that we talked about. Um, I do, uh, oh I don't want to spoil that yet because uh, that hasn't happened yet. We're recording at different times, uh, so forget I said that. Uh, audience, you'll find out what we meant eventually. Anyway, that has been Infinity Rewatch. Everybody, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching if you watched it. Uh, and as always, have a marvelous day.